we are back in the studio so today's gonna be a little little different we're just gonna have some fun with what we call just some hot topics in yeah, the, the past two, fitness and nutrition world the past two episodes that we've done have been a little more serious so we thought that we would have a little bit of fun with this one so yep. i'm excited all right so these are just topics that we've kind of wrote out this is stuff that that we all hear in the if you're involved in the nutrition fitness space and you're, you're whether you're beginning or you're advanced you still they all seem to come up to the surface at some point yes and these are also topics that kind of got the ball rolling with this podcast as keith and i would be open in the smoothie shop at 6 15 6 30 in the morning no one's come in just yet and we'll have seen something on instagram or some sort of social media and it'll get one or the other or both of us fired up and i'll yep. i'll get on my little soapbox and keith would say man i wish i just had a tape recorder just to just to record what you just said because i can yep. definitely get rolling on some of these <laughs> as can he so yeah what we're going to do is we're just going to kind of go down the list and i'm going to i'm going to mention the topic and then either Allie or myself will kind of just put our personal spin on it and what it you know what we think about that topic or myth and we'll just kind of go on the list we're gonna have a little bit of fun with this one so the first one is eating every two hours so we hear that a lot you know that's like something you hear so what what does that mean and why why would that be relevant to somebody in the fitness and nutrition space and what are the benefits or is it overrated what is your take on it well from what I understand people will say eat every two to three hours to keep your metabolism revved up to make sure that your body can absorb everything that you're taking in if you eat too much then it's going to get stored as fat all these things are reasons that i have heard to eat every two to three hours now how i feel about it I've, i've i've done it all like that's what i've been talking about for the past several episodes and in videos i have eaten three meals a day I've eaten three big meals plus two small snacks. I've eaten six small meals a day. I've done the intermittent fasting where I didn't start eating until 12 and I stopped eating at eight o'clock. I had an eight hour window and I was successful all the ways. So it is so hard for me to believe that you have to eat every two to three hours. Yeah. So that's, I think that's the biggest thing is like most, most of the times when you see that statement in a magazine or whatever, they, they, they say that it's supposed to keep your metabolism revved up. I don't really agree with that, but I do feel like, okay, where I do see a benefit in eating every two hours is basically a, to get, to make sure you're getting in your, your calories Mm -hmm. and protein, because to to get 200 grams of protein in a day, you don't act just accidentally get that in. No, you got to have a plan effort. And that, that may take eating every couple hours to Mm -hmm. stay on plan. So, so for instance, I do eat 200 grams of protein right now. Yep. And that is a conscious effort. That is eating six times a day. Plus I've got protein in my pre-workout. I've got protein in my post-workout. I mean, it is spaced out through the day. And if I get behind on one meal, I am not hitting that 200 grams of protein. It's hard to make up for it. So yes, spacing your meals out through the day helps get those important macros in to help you reach your goals and you you stay really busy so for for some people that that struggle with eating getting their protein in or eating every two hours because they have a busy job but you you have a busy job you have yes so it 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 takes 
effort. It takes it takes planning. Planning, and also you may not be able to sit down at a table and eat all those meals and snacks. You're literally at some points. It's a busy day at the shop, the smoothie shop. I'm you literally may, scarfing down yep. chicken or steak from a Ziploc bag that may or may not have heated chicken or steak in it. And it may not, you may not be using utensils. No. <laughs> so that's, that's the dedication. I this am, is, yeah. this is what separates people that want to see results and the people that want to make excuses. Exactly. Like I'm, I have given up the fact that this is a glamorous, tasty venture that I'm on. It's not always going to taste good. Yeah. It's not always going to be heated up. It's I'm I'm seriously sometimes eating cold steak from a Ziploc bag. There you go. If if, if you have just just five to ten seconds to sneak around a corner and take a few bites, that's what you're doing to stick to your plan. Yes, yes. So it can be done. It can be done. Now I did ask my nutrition coach. I was having a hard time about a year ago when I was working at the smoothie shop eight to nine hours a day. Then I was going to the Spartan bar shop for another three or four hours. I could not get that fourth meal in, I think is what I was having a hard time with. And I asked him, I said, we're having a really hard time. What can I consume to where I'm hitting what I need to hit? And he said, of course, real food reigns supreme. Yep. But if you find yourself stuck having some whey protein, or whatever it is that you need, having a scoop of that, he said, will will work. So I've just always kept that in mind. Yep. So at this point, would you say 80%, 90% is 90, coming from real food? 90%. Yep. 90%. Yes. And yeah, the, your body is going to respond so much better to real food. And yes, there's nothing wrong with grabbing a shake if that's what it takes. And not, and not everybody is on the same level as you as far as their goals, you know, you're, right. you're, this has you're been a, an evolution. You're I, at a caliber right now where you got some really, really, um, high standard goals for yourself, but you take a normal person that's just wanting to get, get the ball rolling. Of course you can grab a couple of protein shakes per day to get, if that's what it takes to get the ball rolling. But eventually you'll, you'll learn that the more you feed your body, real, real, real food, mm -hmm. the, the better your body responds and maybe even the better results you get. So I was listening to a podcast earlier in the week and it's, the bikini and the brain guy, that's what I call him. Uh, he has been in this business for a long time and he trains bikini competitors. He trains all competitors. But anyway, I really respect what he has to say. And I've learned a lot about nutrition just listening to him. And he was saying that he can tell a difference in his competitors that just do the, if it fits your macros, then if they're fitting their macros with certain foods. So a lot of times with, if it fits your macros, People are just like, oh, I can eat this donut because it fits my macros. Right. There's a big difference between people that have that philosophy than the ones that get their carbs from rice, from oats, yep. from why am I blanking on carbs right now? Sweet potato, from yep. regular potatoes, from those real foods. Oats. Yes. Oatmeal. So yeah, it's like a it's like a higher, higher octane fuel for your body. Mm -hmm. So I, I tell people, I use the the car analogy so much when I'm talking about fitness and nutrition. Well, it you fits because you love cars. Because like, okay, you can, you know, you got your different octane fuels for your vehicle. You pull up to the gas pump. You got the choice between low grade and high grade fuel. You could take a sports car, for example, or even just a high end car. You, you can put some low grade fuel in there and still get by, but 
how much more performance would you get if you put some high octane fuel? Exactly. So same thing with our bodies. You'd be surprised what, what happens in, on the back end as you start feeding your body actual real food that's been minimally, minimally processed and it's got all those micronutrients in there to help everything kind of flow and start going the right direction. And from my experience, you will be shocked at, gosh, it happens so gradually. When you eat very low processed foods and you do that long enough, regularly enough, you feel the difference in how your body's satisfied from those kind of foods than the other foods, you will be surprised how much you don't want the other foods. I, my birthday's coming up and Kara's been asking me, what do you want to do for your birthday? And we can eat this and we can eat that. And do you want me to make this? She's a baker. She loves baking stuff. Y'all, I am having a hard time figuring out what it is I'm truly craving at this point. Oh, food really is becoming fuel, which is honestly what I asked for a year ago. I asked for that. I just threw it out into the universe. I was like, take this dependence on food emotionally away from me. I was like, I know that that can be a possibility. I was like, I don't want food to be an emotional crutch anymore. And I'm just about there. Yeah, I've I've seen it. I've seen it evolve and I'm I think you're doing a dang good job. Well, thank you. <laughs> so I'll say one more thing on that topic. I think eating every two hours also helps with you preventing preventing you from binge eating, eating later. Absolutely. Because I see so many people that are just so busy and they don't, they don't slow down enough to eat to where when they do get slowed down, which usually that's at home, your, your body is saying, man, I'm, I'm, I'm deprived. You haven't fed me anything all day, uh, calorie wise and, and, and protein wise. You're going to, you're going to, probably binge eat and overeat yeah for dinner. you will and i do feel it when it's coming up on that three hour mark three hours is the max that i can go without eating yep. i start feeling a little crankier a little snippier and the hunger pangs start to hit i mean exponentially much more than if i had just gone ahead and eaten earlier <laughs> it's crazy like at two hours i'm not really that hungry two and a half hours hmm it, I'm, I'm getting there, but if I, any minute past three o'clock or the three hour mark, it's, it's not a good, it's not a good situation. So yeah, it does yep. help regulate your appetite, helps regulate your mood. We, I just posted something last night that said 80% of the arguments that start is because someone hasn't eaten because <laughs> someone's yep. hungry yep. and it's, it's very true. Yep. You can feel it coming on. All right. So the next one, uh, don't eat right before bed. Because all that's going to turn <laughs> just straight to body fat. That's I'm laughing at this because I am an eater before bed. I've I've always done that. I've I've never bought into that. I would hear "Don't eat past four o'clock," and oh my gosh, I was just like, "That's rough." Yeah, I would just always in the back of my head. I'm like, "That don't sound or, right." Or even six is rough, especially if you you know you go to bed at a normal like nine o'clock, ten o'clock hour. Yeah, and all all that is is just a way for a coach or whoever it is that's telling you to help you regulate your calories during the day because ultimately it's calories in, calories out. There is no magic formula to it. Now, if that helps you regulate your calories to stop eating at four o'clock, then by all means, stop eating at four o'clock. But for someone like me, I, I went months where I was having a bowl of cocoa pebbles every night before bed. 
Yep. And it never affected my results ever. So again, no one can tell me you can't eat before bed because it's going to turn into fat. Absolutely not. I won't yeah. believe it. So believe it or not, you actually, during, during sleep is when you actually burn a, a lot of calories. It's when and your body recovers. It's when you're actually burning, as far as on the back end, you're actually burning legit body fat in your sleep. That's why sleep is so important. We can talk about that uh, on another episode. Mm-hmm. So it's not like when you go to, go to sleep that your metabolism just shuts off. Mm-mm. And most people think that. That's why they, they kind of buy into that whole don't eat past a certain time or right before bed because they feel like, hey, since I'm sleeping and not like moving around or working out, that everything's just going to be just sitting there and just turning into body fat. That's really the so far from the truth because when your body's going through all the sleep cycles, stuff's getting ramped up. You, you, you can do a sleep study test. There you can look at cases online, case studies where people's, people's metabolism and everything, everything's just getting recovered. Uh, you're actually burning a good, good bit of calories while you're sleeping. Now I could see a reason not to eat right before bed is because it could affect your sleep as in I was depending say that on next. Yep. the quality of food. Like when I'm having a cheat meal and we have it too close to bedtime, oh my goodness, we've both experienced the rapid heart rate, the Yep. Oh my gosh, the body flush, the, you just don't, oh, you're just full. You just, yeah, it's, it's going to affect your sleep. It could affect your sleep. So yeah, that's, that's the whole thing is, so if you're going to, if you're going to buy into that, don't, don't eat before bed, then buy into it as you don't want to, you don't want to eat a heavy meal because it will affect how, how quick you get to sleep and how, how good you sleep. Right. Because for me, yes, if I eat a huge meal, I can tell, like if I have a cheat meal, we go out to eat, we have, we have a pizza uh, pretty late in the night. Um, it's a hard, it's hard for me to get into that good, good sleep. Pretty late in the night. What is pretty late in the night to us? <laughs> Seven thirty, eight o'clock. That's way past bedtime. That's, that's my bedtime. Yep. Late to us is like eating at six thirty. <laughs> that's it. All right. So cardio, just cardio in general. What does what does cardio mean to you? And well, you have changed my opinion on what cardio means to me. Cardio used to mean to me as the best way to burn, burn calories. Yeah. To drop body fat. It was, yeah, it wasn't even burning fat. It was just calories. It was all about how many calories am I burning? How many calories am I burning? It was the best way to burn fat, I guess, is kind of how what it evolved into. But what you taught me was that it's a good way to sweat out the toxins that you're, you'll explain this way better than me, um, that when your body does break down the fat, it's got to be released somehow. And one of those ways is in your sweat. I started shifting what, how, what I thought about cardio. Oh gosh, a couple of years ago, I guess, because it did make me feel better. The endorphins. Now I knew that. I knew that it's a good way to get the endorphins released. So that's what I rolled with. And you, you, you'll have a hard time taking my cardio. I'm, I'm one of those weird people that I love doing cardio. I love lifting weights. It's just the amount of cardio that I need to do. Yep. It's got to be at least 20 minutes for me. It really does to get yep. that good sweat, to get the endorphins flowing. I love starting my day with cardio. I will listen to podcasts. I will listen to audiobooks. That's how I start my day. So, yeah, I, I try to tell people to read rewire their brain on how they think about cardio. Look at cardio as more of a mental, mental health. Mm -hmm. 
and a way to help your body. If, if your diet is in check, look at cardio as a way to help that body fat actually leave your body. Because if your diet's in check and you're in, like I say, a calorie deficit, you're going to, the body fat cells are going to be breaking up in your body. Well, have you ever thought how those actually leave your body? Did you, did you know that up until I made you aware of that? No. Okay. So <laughs> when you, when your body fat starts breaking up body fat cells, they have to get out of your body somehow. Where do you, where do you think the body fat goes? So you lose body fat through your lungs. So heavy breathing, sweating, and then your, your urine. So obviously cardio has two of those and then getting your daily water in takes care of the, the third one, your urine. So. And I, I do remember this is when we were talking about the sauna and I'm like, well, that makes sense. Why people go and sit in the sauna, like they, they sweat it out. But a lot of people just think that maybe this is what I thought. At least I won't speak for all people. I'll speak for me. I thought that you were just dropping water weight, which I'm sure is part of it. Yep. But at the same time, I never thought about fat would be leaving the body no, through yeah, your sweat as well. So I decided I was going to try and do the sauna thing. You were a huge sauna person. Well, here's a little fun fact about me. I don't like being hot. I hate it. It's like sitting in there. Oh my gosh. I feel like, I feel like one minute is equal to 10. <laughs> it's awful. I tried it. I couldn't do it. I'll stick to my cardio. Yeah. Yeah. So just look at cardio moving forward as a way for you to help that, that fat loss process out. And it's, yes, it's got good mental benefits to it. Obviously cardiovascular, the sweating, it's a great time to, to digest and, and listen to podcasts or audio books. So yeah, there's great benefits to doing cardio, but never, never think the cardio is a direct, direct link or a line to fat loss. No. In fact, it's probably holding you back because not only are you in a deficit, more than likely with your calories, but here you are on a cardio machine that you're trying to burn 500 calories and then you go and do your weightlifting and you're burning, let's just say, two to 300 more calories. It, you are spinning your wheels. So yeah, just... You're burning the muscle you're trying to put on. Or you're, it takes a certain amount of calories. So just like from a body fat perspective, it takes you being in a... So a pound of body fat on your body has around, they say around 3,500 calories mm -hmm. stored in one pound of body fat. Um, so obviously, if you find a way to create a 200 calorie deficit per day over the course of a week, you can, you can lose a pound of body fat a month by doing it like that. So on the flip side of that, well, guess what? It takes a certain amount of calories and fuel to build muscle, good mm -hmm. sheer quality muscle. You can't build muscle out of air. So you're right. If you're, from a caloric standpoint, if you're eating break even or in a deficit, and then all of a sudden you're you're burning more calories off through cardio, where, where's how's that muscle going to be built? It's not. I I see all the time on social media girls that are doing their squats, they are doing their hip thrusts, and they're saying "grow, baby, grow," and they want that booty. They want it to grow, but I know that they're not eating as much as what they should be eating. And I know this because I've talked to some of them before and even just the mention of eating close to their maintenance makes them freak out. They won't do it. And I get it because I was one of those girls. I get it. If it would just stop focusing on the fat loss part and just start focusing on muscle building, just straight up muscle building and trust the process and, and, and try to somehow get over the fact that yes, I'm gonna have to eat more and I might have to put the cardio 
to the side a little bit, you know, and not do as much. Just do, to me, 20 minutes. You know, if you're if you're doing intense weight training and your diet's in, on, on point, anything over 20 minutes to me is excessive. Yeah, and it really depends on each person. It does, but if you're not getting the results that you want, you you want the quad muscles, you want that nice shoulder cap, you want the booty that fills out your pants. If you want that and you're not getting it, but your diet's in check and you're lifting heavy enough, then definitely take a look at that cardio because something's not adding up. Right. What about fasted cardio? What is your opinion on that? Is there fasted cardio is one of those things that is always it the magical. It, end it's all not, be all. It's not magical, but I, I see the benefit of it. I feel like I'm doing, what am I trying to say? It, it ties in more, more of the mental. It does. Just, like I feel like yep. that. Well, yeah, it makes perfect sense. If I don't have calories in my system, at least fresh calories, there's calories all in my system. But if I don't have food in my body and I go and do the cardio, well, it's got to pull from somewhere. So I, I totally buy into that. I'm okay with that. But if you're not able to do the fasted cardio, that doesn't mean that it's any cardio you do is a wash. It, right. it doesn't mean that. And again, I used to be a runner. I used to do the spin classes and all those kind of things. The later it gets, so for me to do fasted cardio, for, now I, I train fasted. At least I did up until, I don't know, several months ago. I do now. I, I now do the two rice cakes. I do that. I, I yep. started backtracking a little bit in my head. But I definitely do the fasted cardio. And for a long time, I trained fasted. But that's because my training sessions are starting. And even back then, they were starting at four, five, sometimes six o'clock, just depending on what was going on in my life. The later it got in the day, I was going to need something to fuel even a cardio workout. Yep. Yeah, so fasted cardio, in, in my belief, is I don't really know if you're actually breaking down that much more body fat doing fasted cardio, but I do see it being just some major, like, mental benefits. Because, yeah, you're right. If I get up and just go straight, like, get a little bit of caffeine in my system and just get that cardio in and that sweat in the endorphins before I have my first meal, it just makes me feel good. It makes me feel more accomplished before I go put some food on my stomach. Mm -hmm. So... So I can, I can see that if you're able to do the fasted cardio, give it a try. If you're not still get your cardio in, but yep. like I said, don't think it's a wash because you can't do it fasted. All right. So what are your thoughts on keto, the ketogenic oh. diet? If it works for you, go for it. If you tried it and you don't like it, find something else. Yep. So the keto thing, it's just. Yeah, I, I, I agree with her. If you want to try it, go for it. If, if anything, use it as a, as a way to jumpstart your, your diet and get the ball rolling. Just don't get it confused with an ultra-low-carb diet. Keto is actually a high-fat, low-carb, moderate-to-low-protein diet. A lot of times people just think, oh, it's super low-carb and I can eat all the cream cheese and bacon that I want. No. They won't eat any vegetables. They will eat a lot of protein. From what I understand, protein can throw you out of ketosis if you have too much of it. It's yep. very intricate. 
keto was designed for a specific population where people found that it helped them drop weight. And then it's become this diluted thing from what it started out as. And people just end up making it into just a, an ultra low carb Atkins sort of thing. It's actually a high fat diet. Yep. So what I, what I have found from people that have has come my way after doing keto is they say the same thing. They say that it was great at first. They were, you know, getting to eat a lot of cheese and nuts and, you know, not really, not really counting calories. They were just saying, Hey, as long as it's low carb or zero carbs, I can have it. And anytime you go on a low carb diet, one of the first things you'll notice is you'll lose quite a bit of weight the first week or two. It's mostly water weight. Hate to break it to you, but it's, it's mostly water. But then they get excited because they think they don't know that it's water. They just see the scale going down at home and they get excited like, wow, this is, this is finally it. I found the, the, the unicorn magical diet of all diets. You know, this, I've, I've lost seven pounds in one week. And then after about week two, they, they kind of hit a brick wall and they're like, oh man, I'm going to hang in there. Week three comes around, week four. And then all of a sudden, the scale's not moving. They're starting to get a little aggravated because they're getting a little burnt out on just not being able to eat fruit, not being able to eat sweet potato or rice. They're kind of just eat, eating this same uh, high fat foods. So it gets to the point where they just can't sustain it and they, they end up just stopping. But then where, then where do you go from there? A lot of times they'll either switch to another drastic diet or go back to their old habits. Because you want to know where I went? Where'd you go? I went to Mellow Mushroom. <laughs> I specifically remember that weekend where I had been doing keto and I was doing a pretty good job with it. I had gone to a company convention in Orlando. I was, we were stopping at the gas station every day. I was getting the hard boiled eggs. I mean, I was, I was getting all the things, the cheese sticks, the salami sticks, all the things like I was, I think I had even packed bacon wrapped asparagus. Like I was good to go and then got back home. And I mean, this was months that I had been doing this. And then I just, just life stress, kids went back to school, you know, back to normal, all this kind of stuff. And I remember one Friday night, I was just like, I, I've got to do something. And at this point, I want to say I was like, oh gosh, ooh, <laughs> I was six months, six months outside of not drinking. And I was like, either I'm going to drink or I'm, I'm going to get me a pizza. And I remember looking at you and saying, hey, babe, I need a pizza. And you did not question me. You just knew that that's what I needed. And my keto journey was over after that. I was like, I can't even go back. It was like, I just couldn't. Right. Yeah. So, you know, I say if you want, if you want to do keto, try it. I mean, you know, if you've come out of the holidays and you feel like you've just been, you know, eating all the, all the treats and the cakes and you just need like a good, good, like detox or a flush, Reset. a kickstart. I think keto is great for that. I think keto is a, a way to kind of reel it back in pretty fast give your body a break from the carbs for, for four weeks, just do keto for four weeks, but then, then get back on a more sustainable, sustainable plan. Yeah. And do it gradually, like do the reset, but don't add all the carbs back at one time, because then what's going to happen is you're going to put the weight on. Why? Because carbs 
will help you hold on to water. That's just the nature of the beast. Just like when you drop the carbs, it drops the water. So where when you first started it, those scales going to go down, you add all the carbs back, then the scale is going to go right back up and then you're going to freak out. You're going to be like, this doesn't work either. And the whole cycle starts all over again. So my advice to you would be just to add something back, something back, and then every few days add something else. So for me, it would probably be sweet potato. I would add, I'm not talking about add a donut back. I'm not talking about that. Add sweet potato. See how your body responds to sweet potato. Add rice. See how your body responds to rice. Everybody's body responds to carbs differently. I have been given every every nutritious carb that you can think of over the past year. I've eaten barley, pasta, rice, quinoa, sweet potato, white potato, all of them. And I can tell you right now, pasta is just not it for me. Unless it is covered in a cream sauce or mm-hmm. my mama's meat sauce, I don't want it. <laughs> I don't. Yep. So it, I just am not a fan of pasta. Barley was pretty good. Um, that was something I never would have eaten if it hadn't have been planned for me. Um, I love rice is okay. It's okay. But sweet potato and the red potatoes are my absolute favorite. Yep. And another thing with keto is, so, you know, we've talked about this before from a body composition and like fat loss standpoint, it is, it is calories in versus calories out. And with most of that being clean, clean sources of fuel. So people on keto, they, they tend to choose the, the cheeses, the nuts, and I hate to break it to you, but those, those have calories and a lot of them. Mm-hmm. So I have found in some extreme cases where people will actually gain weight doing keto because they're, they're eating more calories yeah. than what they were doing because the they food's They just think there, it's a free for all. Yeah. Just because it's low carb that it's going to work. So all the tools that we've talked about in our videos and stuff like that, being mindful of what you're eating, if you're not paying attention to your body's cues of I'm full, I'm getting full, if you haven't done that work, then you're possibly still going to overeat eating keto or any of the other diets that are out there that people claim are just the end all be all. Yep, because I can take just one packet of peanuts and that, that joker's got 400 calories in it. Why don't you talk about the pistachios you're just in love with right. lately? Right, same thing. You know, they're <laughs> low carb. I'm sitting there snacking on them on the couch, and it don't take but a handful or two, and you're, you're racking those calories up. Yes. It don't take long at all. Yes. So it can be dangerous. Mm-hmm. All right, so white bread, wheat bread, brown rice, white rice, like people that kind of just look at the, the white bread as just the devil. And they're going to hang the moon by choosing the wheat bread. Like that's the, that's the pivotal, pivotal, you know, decision that's going to just make them see that much greater results. So if your goal is to remove or have as little processed food as possible, I can totally understand why you would choose the whole grain, whole wheat bread over white bread there is a significant difference in the fiber content of the white bread and the whole grain, whole wheat bread. So the bread, I can totally understand. The rice, mm -mm. you will not convince me that brown rice 
is better than white rice because it has one gram of fiber more. It's still processed. Rice is still processed. So when it comes to wheat bread, whole grain, whole wheat versus white bread, it has to do with the wheat germ that is stripped. So I don't know all the science. I would have had to have done a little, a little brush up course on this. But when it's stripped, that's, that's where the nutrition is. Uh, micronutrients. Yes, yeah. yes. So I can totally understand um, keeping that as intact as possible. Yep. But as far as the rice, give me white rice all day long. Yep. Jasmine rice, basmati rice, regular old white rice, boil in bag, 10-minute rice. I, I am, I'm not picky, but do not give me brown rice. What about the Uncle Ben? Bring it on. Yeah. 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 I love it. Ain't nothing wrong with that. So yeah, if you got a piece of bread, just some play, plain white bread that's 120 calories, then you got a piece of uh, Dave's Killer sprouted bread or Ezekiel bread that's 120 calories. From a calorie standpoint, they're they're both 120 calories. But she's right. The You might as well go ahead and choose the one that's going to have more micronutrients because yeah. that's just going to help everything get you, get, you know, get your results. If you can find a whole grain, whole wheat bread, that's got at least three grams of fiber, that, that to me is the Mac daddy of all bread. <laughs> but do I, do I eat some white bread here and there? Oh yes, yeah. absolutely. Like I love just like breakfast eggs, just some plain white bread with some grape jelly. Yeah. Sometimes after a workout or something. Yeah. That's why I was saying if, if it's important to you to go as, little or unprocessed as possible, then by all means, pick that bread. I'm already eating a majority of my foods that are unprocessed. So one piece of white bread for my French toast is not going to make or break me. All right. We'll go ahead and tie this one in. The the fruit, people avoid fruit because it's just too much sugar. You might as well be, you might as well be eating a bag of candy corn. Because that's the same thing, right? Yes. Well, you would think based on what we're hearing, you know, people say, and what I've heard people say for years and years and years. You know, that banana is going to turn just straight to body fat. It's just pure sugar. And then they don't even think about the nutritional value of what they're getting from the banana. There's potassium in there. There's good stuff in a banana. Now, not all fruit is created equal. Some will have a higher sugar content but again this sugar is not the same sugar that we're thinking of when we're thinking of like added sugar now if you're someone who sprinkles sugar over your strawberries then mm, mm, leave that part out but i have bananas i have pineapple there's huge nutritional value in pineapple apples are amazing oranges all your berries Yes, the I mean, berries. I'm not even, I'm like focusing on all these other fruits and you've got blackberries and raspberries and strawberries and blueberries. Those right there are high in antioxidants. The darker the berry, the better it's going to be. The fiber content, it's, it's all just so good for you. Now, do you want to sit with an entire bowl of fruit? If, if that's going to keep you from sitting and eating a bowl of ice cream, then you go for it. 
But if you're really trying to step up and level up your game, then just be mindful. This is what I tell people in our nutrition consultations. Track it. Track it. I'll get asked, is it okay if I eat this? Let's see. Let's figure it out. Just know how much you're eating and track it. Yeah, and if you're a person that likes to, to snack through the day and like graze, I always tell people, look, look at fruit because it's a lot of nutrients for not so many calories. Do you remember when you discovered that frozen grapes were like amazing? Yep. So you can, you know, if you get home and you're, you're, you know, you've had a stressful day and you kind of are wanting something like a, like a dessert, instead of grabbing that big bowl of ice cream, pile you on some blueberries and some, you know, strawberries in a bowl and put a little bit of sugar-free whipped cream on top. And that's a lot of volume. And I guarantee you that whole bowl is not going to be but a couple hundred calories. Yeah. But your mind feels like you've ate something sweet and bad for you, but you haven't. Mm-hmm. And you mentioned earlier, yes, all the all the berries, like the blueberries and strawberries and all that, have antioxidants. And, yes, I look at those like I call them antioxidants, like window cleaners. <laughs> they go in your body. Them antioxidants help with inflammation. So any any processed foods that you are eating in your diet, fruits, the antioxidants in fruit can go in there like window washers and kind of scrub things up. I've never heard you say that. Yep. So that's that's why I, I, love it. I strategically try to work in some high antioxidant foods because yes, my my diet isn't all isn't all organic and unprocessed. I, I tend to rely a little bit more on convenient type foods, but I try to throw in some fruits in there with some high antioxidants to go in there and buff buff some things up, <laughs> buff it out. <laughs> right. So I love that bouncing it out. Yes. So. Yeah, avocado is a fruit. Most people don't know that. I love avocado. And that has tons, tons of, of vitamins. We've got some smoothies that have avocado. We have fresh avocado at our smoothie shop, Spartan Smoothies here in Rome. And people will be like, I don't know about that avocado. I'm like, you don't even taste it. You don't even know it's there. Nope, it, it just helps. smooths it out. It adds all those vitamins. Yes, I mean, it's got the good fat. It's got fiber in it. And it does. It just adds a little extra smooth consistency to an already good smoothie. And that's that's why I feel like you can get a lot of nutrients in a smoothie because you take a you take a smoothie, throw in some avocado, some berries, some spinach, kale, a little bit of banana. And that's something you can blend up and drink in a in a sixteen ounce or twenty four ounce cup. You're getting a lot of nutrients in something relatively small. Yeah, that you, you can add get a scoop of protein powder to it. It becomes yep. an instant meal replacement, and you are feeling full for way longer than what if you were just eating, I don't know, I don't know, just a little something here, a little something there. Yep. All right, so women are, most women are afraid to lift heavy because they're afraid they're going to get too too bulky, too manly. Yes. What is your opinion on that? <laughs> Says the girl who's trying to put on as much muscle mass as possible. Okay, so you're you're you you got a goal to compete. So maybe not everybody has a goal to compete. So when most people say this, this is like people that's just getting into it, and we hear we hear it a lot. They're afraid to lift, grab those heavier dumbbells because maybe it's a maybe it's a girl that has had a little bit larger legs her whole life, or and you've talked about that before, or yes. a little bit a little bit broader in the shoulders. And they're, they're already a little bit insecure and they, they don't want to get any bigger, quote, quote, you know, so they're going to kind of shy away from 
the heavier weights for whatever reason in their mind is keeping them from doing that. So how, how would you steer somebody in the direction that's in that mindset? So I was there in my early 20s. Like, no one ever accused me of having skinny legs, ever. So I've always had a thicker thigh and broader shoulders. For some reason, I was okay building muscle in my upper body, but I was not in my lower body. It took, it took understanding that if I wanted to, say, run better, more efficiently, then I was going to have to build up the endurance. That, that's how I changed my mindset of it. I was like, it could make me a better runner if I had stronger muscles to help protect my joints, to help protect my lower back, right. all that kind of stuff. So I started shifting my mindset, shifting my focus that way. Um, dealing with my daughter, Kara, right now, she's getting a little nervous because as she's lifting weights, her jeans aren't fitting as well anymore. So what I'm going to end up sitting down and talking with her when the timing's right, because not over a text while I'm at work when she's in the middle of a meltdown is not the time to do it. Nope. Um, I'm going to tell her that the muscle that she's putting on in her legs, on her legs, is happening quicker than the fat loss that's coming off of her legs. Because everyone's, if you're just starting out, you've got a mixture of muscle and fat on your body. It's just yep. there. And you'll see this in competitors where they think that they've got all this glute muscle. And then when they diet down, they realize they don't have as much glute muscle as what they thought. That it was really just a good padding of fat that they had over the booty. And then they've actually got to, you know, make the decision to grow the glutes. And that's a hard, that, that's hard to wrap your mind around to intentionally add size onto they, your backside. They had a fat booty, but spelled with a P. Yes. There's a difference. <laughs> oh my God. P's the good kind. <laughs> yeah. That kind of fat. Yes. So it's, it's hard to wrap your mind around um, that, oh, it wasn't all muscle that was back there. So you've got the fat, you've got the muscle. If you start building that area, you're probably putting muscle on quicker than the fat's coming off. So there for a little while, you may seem like that your legs are just getting chunkier or that your backside's getting bigger than you want. Let your diet, like continue to trust the process, do your workouts, focus on your nutrition, let everything work itself out. Drink your water, get your sleep, really take care of your body. And it's ultimately going to come down to, do you want to change the shape of your body? Because when you take that fat off, when you focus on your nutrition so much and you really lean down, you're going to realize you are just a smaller version of yourself because you don't have as much muscle as what you think you have. Yep. And speaking of muscle, I've learned that there is a difference between exercising. There's a difference between training. So, and I've been there. I've been that person that, and some days I still have a bad day. It's hard to, for me, I get it. It's hard to give it 110% every day, every workout. Sometimes you're just giving yourself credit for showing up to get to get a workout in. That's great. But I noticed that, like, you'll have, and I've been there, where you'll you'll do a set, and as soon as it starts kind of kind of burning, 
you know, you got a number in your head you're going to stop at, say 12. But you, you could have cranked out a few more, possibly with some intensity. But you stop at 12, you go sit down on a bench, you get on your phone, and you wait, you wait a few minutes, and you're ready for your next set. So that's kind of – I see that a lot in gyms. I see that where I'll be doing my workout, and you just look around, and you'll see a lot of people on their phones. But I try not to judge because I'm like, you don't know what they're going through. But for the most part, I feel like a lot of people don't train with enough intensity to, to make that sheer muscle muscle volume change. No, and that's mostly because a lot of people, I'm a lot of people, I, I didn't know what it felt like to push that hard. That's where CrossFit came into, gosh, that, that was a huge influence in my life, was pushing past the point of failure because you're trying to get a faster time. You're trying to uh, beat the person next to you. So you will push a little bit harder. I, and and I, I still haven't even tapped into my full potential with what's really, I might, I might understand that a little bit more next week when I go and train with my trainer yep. in Murfreesboro. Um, I might push a little bit harder than <laughs> if I were doing it alone. But I think for someone that works out alone, I think I do a pretty good job, but I know there was a time where I was not pushing as hard as what I thought I could. I've heard that when you get to that point of, I can't do any more, you, you pretty much have two or three more left in the tank. And that's, and there, and everybody's got different goals. Like I said, so you, if you're, if you're new at this and you just want to just look better, you can kind of just go through the motions and work out, do some socializing as you're working out. I see people talking on the phone. I see people doing a lot of excessive talking between sets, just not really staying focused. And there's nothing wrong with that. If that's if that's what you want to do, and that's what's keeping you kind of glued together, because that's that's your time, and you're you're a social butterfly, and you can go and hang out and get some reps in, get some sweat in. That's great. But it got to a point for me personally. I'm like, what is what does it truly take to get to the next level? You know, what's missing? Because I always I've always made it to the gym and I've always considered myself considered myself to work out hard but what's hard I, and I, this is this is what I'm saying a old dog can learn new tricks I'm finding out that my hard wasn't as hard as I thought it was and you're right you get to that point where you think you've done as many reps as you can no you got you got a good three or four more where it hurts it literally feels like you are gonna either pass out your arms are gonna fall off that's that's the next level. So a good that's rule of thumb. That's what separates the next level. If you're trying to get to that next level and you're just not really sure, a good rule of thumb is if you're not making the ugly faces, you're not going hard enough. If you're not making the ugly faces by the time you get to reps eight, nine, ten of a ten rep set, yep. you're not going hard enough. If your legs aren't shaking even the littlest bit, you're not going hard enough. Yep. So that's that's what it takes to get to the next level. If you're a person that's been training for a while and you're like, man, what? why can't I look like that person that you may admire on the social media world? What are they doing that I don't do? What is their magical formula? What steroids are, there, are they on? Look at your intensity of your training. Are you are you really getting uncomfortable? I mean, that's that's where I've had to ask myself. And that's what I've going into 2023. I've ramped up my intensity majorly and it's it's felt really good 
to just know that I went, when I leave the gym, I didn't leave anything in the tank, nothing. I'm talking about that 14th, 15th rep. I'm shooting for 20, and it's already, I already feel like I'm dead. I don't care if I have to put it down in the floor for two seconds just for a little bit of a – somewhat of a breather to pick it back up and crank out a few more. Yeah. And it's ugly, and you might be swaying a little bit. You might not have perfect form, but I'm getting it in. Yeah. That's, that's next-level stuff. Don't worry about looking pretty either. <laughs> yep. The 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 faces that I'm allowing myself to make, the sounds that I'm allowing myself to make in the gym, I used to feel apologetic for grunting. Now I really don't care because, because it is absolutely necessary if I'm going to reach that next level. All right. So we didn't write this on our list, but I'm going to we're going to end it with this is weight loss pills or fat burners. What is your whole ideal thinking on that and how, how has those played a role in your life and has that thought process shifted so to in what the those beginning, are? Yeah, in the beginning, I thought that it was going to do what it says that it's going to do. It's going to help you burn fat. It's, I'm going to, gosh, I remember back in college, I believe it was called Metabolife. I believe is what it was called. I believed that that was going to help me lose what I needed to lose without doing anything extra. That was then the way that I feel about it now and the way that I have felt, gosh, mid-20s, 30s, and now into my 40s, it's all about how it makes me feel. So I started taking something of that nature when I was a runner. It helped me get excited to run. It helped me run faster, helped me run longer. But I can't say that it helped me lose body fat that so when you say it helped you like how, how does how do they make you feel like it made me feel the energized the mental clarity yeah stuff's firing you're you feel like your brain receptors are firing off quicker yes 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 yep. all the above and that's the main reason that i have taken those types of products over the years is it's more about how it made me feel like you said more energized the mental clarity the focus, those feelings are why I would take those things, not because they were going to help me lose fat. Because I have come to believe and come to know that that falls 100% back on my nutrition, my sleep, the, my water intake, that sort of thing. Um, I have actually taken a break because here's the thing with those things. You're not supposed to take them. Year round. Year round. I was taking a year round. Yep, you start. You start. And, but I knew this. This is nothing that I didn't know. You I start just, getting into the adrenal fatigue. Yes. Type situations. And it, I was just getting this feeling like you know you were supposed to take a break. You're supposed to like take them for a month and then give your body a break. Let it you know re-regulate because it is your your body is constantly fighting for the state of homeostasis, trying to level itself out. So if you're flooding it with stimulants, your body's then going to produce what it needs to produce to level out. So it's this little back and forth sort of thing. And then when you stop taking them, your body is still pumping out the stuff to stabilize itself from the stuff you were taking, but you're not taking that anymore. So your body's like all thrown out of whack, which is why I, I just, I, I don't know. I don't know. I should have taken a break, but I didn't. But I finally decided that I was going to take a break from it. And it does. It If you take those things for too long, 
it's going to take a couple of weeks at least for your body to re-regulate, but it will. Just here in the past week or so, I feel more alert. I feel more awake. I am getting up now. That alarm's going off at three o'clock. It has just gone off at 2.45. Three o'clock is my wake up time as of late, and I'm doing it without taking any of my stuff. Yep. Which is amazing to me. It doesn't mean, and it doesn't mean that I'm never going to take that stuff again. I'm not saying it's bad. I kind of miss it, but I know my body needs a break. So yeah, most, most fat burners on the market, well, I'm, I'm going to lean more towards all, all they are is just, they all have different ingredients. Most of them are going to be a, be some kind of stimulant in there or some t- different levels of caffeine. They're going to suppress your appetite and they're going to make you sweat a lot. So how do they work sometimes? So obviously if you're somebody that, that tends to overeat and you start taking a product that makes you not as hungry, well, you're, you're naturally going to lose weight because you're just not as eating as many calories. Right. So it, 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 it really wasn't the fat burner that, that did it. It just, it kind of, it maybe turned off your appetite a little bit to where you wouldn't eat as much. So it was really you just being in a calorie deficit or not eating as many calories. So you mean it really does all go back to calories in, <laughs> calories out? Yep. And, you know, there may be some ingredients in fat burners that they may have some scientific research that can help with like breaking down body fat. Like you'll see different ingredients like green tea and all this stuff that may have some studies done where it may help, but there's nothing ever just hard. So it's because they know it's always calories in versus calories out. Yes. The way that I'll say it is the way I say it to other people is that there are ingredients in here that could help facilitate the fat loss process. Yep. But yeah, from a, from a mental like clarity, they, they can be addictive. Um, but they can also, like she said earlier, you know, long-term cause some, cause some damage like in the adrenal fatigue area. Mm -hmm. I know I personally experienced that. I started taking fat burners back in the early two thousands when they were super strong back when they, before they got regulated, this is the real ephedra. See, what was some of the very first ones? Um, it was like lipo six with ephedra. It was hydroxy cut. And then took, what's the one with the X, Xenogen? I don't know, but I took, I took Rip Fuel. Rip Fuel. Rip I Fuel was that. my very first one. Yep. Those were some of my favorite back in. I this called them power pellets. Early 2000s. Power pellets? Power pellets. <laughs> I like that. But yeah. So yeah, I was just, I was taking them more for, yes, the placebo effect of, hey, they're going to help me burn body fat, but more for the, how they made me feel um, with that stimulant as far as your brain firing off quicker yeah but it gets to a point like she said where it's not it's not working as good but you still keep taking it and it's like the, long, the more i take this is I'm, I'm getting t- more tired like it's not it's backfiring on you yeah because i couldn't take any more mm-hmm. because you've experienced what i'm like when i would take more than one right yep <laughs> he's like please don't ever do that again so i would just always take one at a time and i would try splitting it in half but it would expose the inside of it and it did not have a good taste and it just wasn't worth it. So I was like, either I start taking two and totally freak you out or I just stick with one, but one's not really working. And again, it all goes back to how do you feel like it's helping or hurting you? And it got to a point where I felt like at that time it was hurting me 
and I knew I needed to take a break and it just wouldn't leave my mind. So if something's on your mind like that, it's best to just follow your gut. Yep. And if you, if you want to use a fat burner to, to get the ball rolling, just like I said with keto, use keto to get the ball rolling. There's nothing wrong with that. Grab you a bottle and try it out. And, but just know that it's not the magical pills that they say they are. Exactly. I think that's going to wrap up this episode. I liked it. I had know. a lot of fun with it. I liked it. Thank you. So I appreciate you guys tuning in. And if you enjoyed the show, please share, tell your friends, and we'll catch you next episode.